Ja. Ja. Shut up. I'm listening to Zdenek English podcast. Listeners, welcome to another episode of Zdenek's English Podcast. How are you all doing? Again, we've got Rob from English with Rob on the podcast. Uh, it's uh, it's a huge honor to welcome Rob back. Rob, if you can hear me, call me in. You know the drill. You've been here before. And it's happening now. Hello, Rob. Hi, Zdenek. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no worries. Good to have you back, man. How have you been? Cool. Okay, okay, yeah. Um not really I've not really been uh doing much English with Rob stuff because all three of my kids have been off school for the last two weeks, so right. I don't have as much in between lesson times for the yeah. minute. So uh anyone anyone who follows me will notice there's uh been a lot fewer Instagram and podcast mm-hmm. YouTube stuff. But I'm still here. I'm still alive. <laughs> That's important. Well, it's it might be for the best, you know, you will come back stronger. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll come back a little bit less tired. <laughs> yeah, we do we do need to take these breaks anyway, so, you know. It is what it is, but good to have you back, Rob, and I I was thinking long what we could talk about because I I obviously wanted you to be back on the podcast and we've talked about it before and I was like what do I talk talk about with Rob this time and um in the end I decided to play it safe because I know you like playing games on your podcast and mm-hmm. and and I like games myself so I was like what the hell let's just do a game <laughs> yeah but two game loving guys exactly <laughs> great minds think alike Uh, <laughs> it's hard to come up with um different topics every week isn't it i know exactly how you feel sometimes i yeah. just think let's just have a chat and see what comes <laughs> out but at the same time it's it's also too risky exactly but the thing is like sometimes sometimes it comes up easily sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's, it's really a pain in the neck like whatever no matter what you do you, you've got this writer's block or something yeah mm-hmm. but um yeah I, i thought i thought we could play a game And Rob, you're going to be competing against listeners, against the listeners that are listening live. Um, I hope uh, you are up for it. Definitely. So everyone's going to be writing their answers in the chats. And exactly. uh, okay, listen, I I swear to you, <laughs> I have no computer. I'm in the basement right now. I have no yeah. laptop, and I'm speaking to you on my phone. Yeah. So. There will be no googling, so no cheating. <laughs> But I only—I just hope the listeners uh, can do the same. Yeah, me too. Me too. Otherwise, it w- won't be a fair game, right? <laughs> well, it depends. What the, I suppose it depends what the questions are. If they're uh, general knowledge or something that can be googled um, easily, well, I suppose yeah. that's most things, isn't it? That depends. That depends. I'm, I'm going to explain it all now to everyone. 
But the idea is that you're going to be competing against the listeners and listeners will have to type in the questions in the chat, whereas you will just be talking to me. You will be justifying your answers so that it makes for a good podcast. Yeah. Okay. Hope so. <laughs> so um, what are we going to play? We're going to play a game called Irrational Game by Dan Ariel. Um, it's not the first time um, that I'm doing this game, this particular game uh, on the Next English Podcast, because I recorded an entire episode about it. It was episode 243. Uh, that, that was when I played the game by myself. I recommend buying this game even if you are a teacher, for, for instance, because um, I think it, it, it's good material, good material for learning. And, and it works really well, I think, with higher levels. It's a cool activity and it's good for reading and speaking. You can learn more about the game and buy it on irrationalgame.com uh, website. Right. Um, so what's the game about? So it's basically a card game and it's pretty much like a like a quiz. And the quiz is about human nature, specifically about um, how we think and what humans are like and how we would behave in certain situations. So it's not really like general knowledge trivia. It's more specifically about like sort of like human psychology or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And the best thing about this game, and it's something I really like about it, is that all these questions are based on research, on real research. So it's not just, you know how sometimes you find quizzes online and it's all like, you know, like who, who wrote these quizzes and... <laughs> Yeah, normally they're, uh, the research is done by whatever company is trying to yeah. push their um, whatever they need. Exactly, their agenda. Agenda yeah, so, was the word I was looking for, thank you. Yeah, so so now I'm going to explain how we are going to play. Yeah. So once again, you're going to play and the listeners are going to play. So um, in this game, you've got a lot of questions, but I picked out... Uh, Eight interesting questions or case studies. So each card, it's like a large card with, um, uh, it's like a case study and, and, and the, each of them has a question. Uh, I can't guarantee we will do all eight. I can't, I don't know how long this will be going on for, but, uh, well, it depends how fast we are, but I think we will be able to do at least five. So it will be five at least, maximum, maximum eight. Yeah. Okay. And there are, Four possible answers to each question. So it's a multiple choice. Yeah. Ah. And only one answer is correct. Only one answer is correct. And, um, if you get it right, you will get one point. So you'll get one point per each correct answer. Now, the listeners will have to write it down. We'll have to type it in the chat, the answer. Um, I mean, they can wait for you, what you are going to say if they want. I don't think it's cheating. You know, they can get influenced by by your answer i don't think it's yeah, yeah. well it sounds like it's um sort of a mix between a, opinion and rational well it's called the irrational game but yeah. rational thinking <laughs> so uh yeah ev even if i put if i say i think the answer's a it doesn't mean you know we don't know if i'm right or wrong Exa until you tell exactly us, right? exactly that's why i think it's okay if if listeners hear what you're going to say first, but then we, we need to give them, let's say, 15 seconds, you know, like after you yeah, say... Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'll... Me, yeah. I'll, I'll say my 
what my answer is and then I'll I'll give a bit of re- um you know rationale some reasoning behind yeah. it yeah. while we wait for everybody's answers to come in that was that was actually the idea yeah excellent um t- um I kind of picked these out randomly I just looked at like the title of the card and I thought well that that, that looks interesting uh, it's not like you know like there's no logic to, to the way or no I didn't pick the cards in a particular order or anything okay and I'm not going to be playing myself because I realized that actually I you know I'll be busy reading out all the questions and explaining answers so I I really want Europe to to have some space on the podcast and also I think it wouldn't be fair because I have seen some of these questions before ah yeah yeah so okay so um is everything clear yeah I'm ready Okay, excellent. <laughs> um, okay, on the marks, everyone. And here we go. So this is the first question, and it's called high self-esteem. Yeah. Okay. Um, so researchers analyzed over 300 experiments on self-esteem. Which of the following outcomes was most strongly correlated with high self-esteem across multiple studies so maybe we should explain what correlated means rob would you like to explain that to us correlate if something correlates it means that there is a there is a link there is a relationship yeah mm-hmm. so for example um melting ice in the north pole but well north or south north, okay melting ice caps mm-hmm. and uh homeless polar bears <laughs> there is a correlation. Yeah, there's a link. You might there's find, a yeah, there's a link. But you might mm-hmm. find that the the polar ice caps are melting at the same rate as my guitar skills are improving. Yeah. Although you know one goes up and the other one goes down at the same rate, there is no correlation. The, mm-hmm. the melting ice caps don't make me any better at the guitar. <laughs> so yeah. What a weird example. Wonderful examples. So I'd, uh, let's let's just read this question again, and it's a short one anyway. So researchers analyzed over 300 experiments on self-esteem. So it's like how how you sort of um, um, how you see yourself, right? So your self-esteem, how you value yourself, let's say. Uh-huh. And which of the following outcomes, the result, was most strongly correlated, linked with high self-esteem? Across multiple studies. So we have four options. Number one, more pleasant feelings. Number two, higher quality and duration of relationships. Number three, better academic performance. Number four, lower incidence of smoking and drug use, which means like people smoked less and use drugs less. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what do you think? Do you want me to read the answers again, or um, I actually wrote them down, but maybe oh, for okay. everybody else you should. While I, and also that would give me time to think about it as well. Right, right, right. Okay, so um, once again, so we are talking about about high self esteem, uh, about self esteem, and um, w- which outcomes strongly, most strongly correlated with with uh, with high self esteem. So. Number one, more pleasant feelings. Number two, higher quality and duration of relationships. Number three, better academic performance. Number four, lower incidence of smoking and drug use. Drug use, sorry. 
Hmm. So I'm going to say the, the first one, more pleasant feelings. That's too general for me. That's um, like, what is that more pleasant feelings? There are so many ways to get pleasant feelings. Right. Um, well, I suppose doing drugs could give you pleasant feelings. So that would go <laughs> against number four. Um, but I'm just dismissing pleasant feelings. I can totally see how high quality and long relationships, you know, if someone is happy to be your friend or your lover, Mm. that's going to boost your self-confidence, your self-esteem, right? high academic performance. I don't know if that necessarily is a link to self-esteem because I've met a few people who are high academic achievers, Mm -hmm. but are at the same time not so sure of themselves. And I think some people uh push themselves themselves into the books um you know and study a lot because they have a low self-esteem and they they think if i do this i can mm-hmm. you know get better i can be the best right um but there's always more you can do mm. and no drugs i think there would have been a lot a lot of studies about drug use lower lower like there's none saying no drugs but lower like Lower. They, yeah. They don't, the people, um, they don't drink or do drugs. Yeah. They, or they drink much. less or um, smoke less and use fewer drugs, let's say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's going to be a strong link there because I think low self, low self esteem is one thing that pushes people towards drugs and drink mm-hmm. to get more confidence and, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with, um, high quality and length of relationships. I've not been looking at the chat. What are other people saying? Yeah. So I'm saying, um, was it A, B, C, D or was it one, two, three, four? To be honest here in, on the cards, we have got eight, one, two, three, four. So, okay. So I'm going number two. Right. Now we, we can see some people are answering in the chat. So we've got a few players here and it turns out that, uh, by the way, one of, one of the listeners, Nina, is asking if she can still change her answer. And I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, <laughs> no. of course, that's, 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 that's fine. As long as, as you, as long as you give us the answer before I tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Well, actually, none of you got it right. And it's oh. probably going to be a slightly boring answer. The one that you completely dismissed at oh. the beginning. Yeah. Apparently. The answer Can I change is more my answer? Pleasant. Yeah, well, go on. Is it too late to change my answer? Yeah, yes, it is. It's, yeah, it was a joke, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's more pleasant feelings, unfortunately. And um, the, each on, in each card, you've got like a takeaway. So it's like a quick explanation, which I can quickly tell you. And maybe you can then comment on what, what you think, how you how you feel about that. So the takeaway is, the measure of pleasant feelings was one of the main measures showing consistent correlations with self-esteem. The measure of pleasant feelings is, of course, extremely subjective, which raises the question, which causes which? Is high self-esteem a cause for increased pleasant feelings? Or is it that a high dosage of pleasant feelings creates high self-esteem? That is the takeaway. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, so I, it depends. I don't know what I would call a pleasant feeling. Like when I'm a guy who only has to shave every two days. And when I okay. wake up in the morning and I realize it's a day when I shaved the day before <laughs> and I don't have to shave that day. Yeah. That's a pleasant feeling. <laughs> but, you know, there are other more pleasant right. feelings. Does, There's so many pleasant feelings. <laughs> does it, uh, does but, it increase your, does it increase your self-esteem as well when you, I don't know. I think you don't that, have to shave. No, <laughs> probably decreases it because I might be out there thinking, oh, can they tell I didn't shave today? Can, you know, is there a little, is, is it growing now? Is there a little well, bit if, of hair there? Well, if you don't have to shave, that means that it's, probably not grown enough so that you're still satisfied with it i don't know <laughs> well exactly yeah it doesn't grow very much yeah. uh in one night um <laughs> okay again i chose a weird example yeah, what's well, a pleasant feeling well you know yeah. what um on those days when you think you know what i'm not going to cook today i'm gonna i'm going to get a takeaway mm. that's a pleasant feeling or when a yeah. when a package arrives that's a pleasant feeling right but um Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that link directly linking to self-esteem. Well, hmm. but the card I, says no. The card, the card says, says that we don't there, know. there's research behind it as well. There's even the research reference which you can find on the website that I gave you earlier. It's 51. So on that website, irrationalgame.com, if you type in 5051 or if you search for it, you should you should find more more stuff there regarding this answer. All right. Let's do number two. So, so far, all competitors, zero points. So, you know, everybody still has an equal chance to win. Now, language learning. This one is about language learning. Yeah. Oh, my expertise. Exactly. <laughs> In an experiment, researchers studied how students taking a Spanish course at their university retained the information over the next 50 years. 50, 50 years? Wow, well, that's quite, great. Wow. That's yeah, a long study. <laughs> okay. So just to explain, retain information, that, that means re basically how they remembered the information, right? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I would remember doing the Spanish course 50 years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. I did a Spanish course? Really? Exactly. Well, well, they were studied. So, you know, they, someone was working with them, some academics, I guess. That's why, that's how they, I, I guess, uh, be, uh, um, how they were, um, reminded of what they yeah. were doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it wasn't just 50 years later. They, they yeah. knock on the door and say, do you remember the Spanish? Or they try, they just start speaking in Spanish and see what the reaction is. I'm sure that there's like every two or every five years or something, they have a, uh, sit down and interview. Exactly. Yeah. So we have. Students taking a Spanish course at their university, and it's about how they retain the information over the next 50 years. So, after the final study was conducted, what was the retention of Spanish? Retention, it's like, what was the, uh, how, well, how long they remembered it, basically, I yeah, think that. Yeah, how long and then yeah. how much did they remember? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we have four, four options again. So everybody listen carefully. Number one. Memory dropped significantly after the first three to six years, followed by a relatively constant memory for the next 30 years. Then memory continued to drop. Number two, memory dropped at a consistent rate 
over 50 years. Number three, memory dropped until 10 years past the original learning date and then gradually began to increase. Number increase. Four, yeah, increase. Uh, number four, there was a dramatic drop in the first year followed by a slow deterioration. Oh my God, this word. Deterior, uh, I can't say this. Deterior, <laughs> can, De- you, can sure. you have a go at <laughs> Deteriorate, oh no. <laughs> Deterioration, no, that's right. Deterioration, yeah. Deterioration, deterioration. Yeah, I got it. Deterioration. To deteriorate. Deteriorate, right. Deterioration. It's like double R there and it causes a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, even I would have put this card back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slow deterioration over the 50 years. So now I I don't know if you guys remember the answers. Oh god. Should I read it again quickly? Please for yeah. me if no one else. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> These answers are complicated. So number one, memory dropped signif- significantly after the first three to six years, followed by a relatively constant memory for the next 30 years, then memory continued to drop. That's number one. But number two. Memory dropped at a consistent rate over 50 years. Number three, memory dropped until 10 years past the original learning date and then gradually began to increase. Number four, there was a dramatic drop in the first year followed by slow deterioration over the 50 years. So... Sorry, I'm just writing down a little. No, no worries. Yeah. I'm googling how you pronounce the detail. Deterioration. Deteriorate. Oh my god. Deterioration. Interior. Yeah, imagine the word interior, but deterioration. <laughs> yeah. Deterioration. Deterioration. Oh, it's crazy. Deterioration. So, um, I don't think it's number two. I don't think. That it's a consistent drop mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. 50 years. I think there's more going on. Otherwise, they yeah. would not have done the study. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. My gut, my gut feeling, there's a nice phrase. You, you feel it in your stomach, in your, in yep. your insides. Your, my gut feeling is that it's number four, that it, there's a dramatic drop in the first year mm-hmm. followed by a slow de- deterioration. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to justify any other answers why not. I'm just going to say four is my yeah. guts. I feel like, well, I feel like yeah. that's what I, my experience of learning things at university and the next year, I remember hardly any of it. Mm. But the bits that I do remember stay with me for a while. Right. Well, well, that makes sense. It's also tough to distinguish between all these four answers because, you know, I, I feel, yeah. yeah, I feel like we need, a, if, we could, if we could see a graph yeah. of each one. Yeah, uh, that would make it a bit more clear. Um, I, but yeah, I, agree. I, I, I just wrote it down. It's fine. But you're saying number four. I'm just gonna give you the number right four, answer. which was a dramatic drop in the first year mm-hmm. followed by slow deterioration. Right. Well, luck, luckily for me, I will not have to pronounce the word deterioration anymore because oh. it's wrong. It's wrong. Uh. And again, nobody is right. <laughs> It is number one. <laughs> it is number one again. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna quickly well, check if all the answers, if all the questions, 
have number one answer. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So what was it again? Significant drop after three mm, to I'm six gonna, years. Because I wrote yeah, it in I'm only in note form. Now, yeah. So the the answer number one: memory dropped significantly after the first three to six years, followed by a relatively constant memory for the next thirty years. Then memory continued to drop. So that's interesting. So this study sheds light, which means sort of explained, on our powerful ability to store semantic memories for a long time. The relatively long-term stability of memory for language after the initial decrease suggests that we are capable of having an almost permanent memory. Can you believe it, Rob? Hmm. Evidence from related studies shows that actors, for example, can remember well-rehearsed speeches for many, many years after their acting careers have ended. Wow. Um, just think, I can't remember any lines from any plays at school. Um, <laughs> uh, I can remember uh, lyrics to songs that I used to sing in bands. Can I... Can, could I remember the whole song? Mm. Mm, I don't know. Well, probably not. I'm personally with you because my memory is, is like a sieve, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I think I actually read this fact about um, memory, but the thing is I read it about three to six years ago and, and, and now it's gone. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ah, yeah. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Okay, well... Now we have to read this one because it's about jokes. I think it would be nice transition, right? Okay. But just just a quick update on the the points. So everybody has zero points. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's leaving a loser tonight. <laughs> but at no, least we're all losers together. Let's be positive. We are all winners, right? We're going to learn something new here. Of course. I, I hope people get my tone that I'm not serious about things like that. No, nah, not really. That's why we have you on the podcast, because we like less serious people here, Rob. <laughs> Good. Yeah, they don't, they never invite me on to Newsnight or any like topical news TV shows or Oprah, but, but Stenix inviting me here. So it's good. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe they will, you know, after this. <laughs> All right. So the next one, number three, eh? question number three, it's called Bad Jokes. Researchers measured how repeating a joke affected how many participants found the joke and how funny they thought others would find it. Wait, I didn't read this well. Let me start it again. Research researchers measured how repeating a joke affected how funny participants found the joke and how funny they thought others would find the joke. Right. And... The joke in question, by the way, was a mediocre, easily understood joke. So me, a mediocre joke, it's like a um, really like um, bad joke. In the middle. Average, yeah. average joke, like, you know, mediocre, nothing special. So, um, okay, so should I read the answers then? So people yeah, with... Yeah, what are the options? Mm -hmm, options. So people with more exposure to the joke... More exposure means, um, what does it mean, Rob? Exposure. Um, in this context, it means they, they've heard it more times. Right, right. Um, right. but for mm -hmm. example, you get 
you get sunburn if you have lots and lots of exposure to the sun. Mm-hmm. So you have to uh, put on some sun cream or go and stand in the shade to yeah. uh, avoid exposure. It, it means like how much, to what extent you're subjected to something. So for instance, like we talk about the exposure to, to English, right? So if you're exposed to the language a lot, mm. if you uh, watch movies, if you listen to podcasts like English with Rob podcast... Oh, what a fantastic example. See what I did there? It's a plug yes. for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you have more exposure, uh, so we're explaining, explaining the word exposure here. So people with more exposure to the joke, number one, like the joke more and predicted others would like the joke more. Number two, like the joke more and predicted others would like the joke less. Number three, like the joke less and predict it, others would like the joke more. And I think you can guess the number four. Like the joke less and predict it, others would like the joke less. Okay. okay you, you For me, you broke up on number two. Ah, okay. So can okay. you, uh, but wait, hang on, I can put it together. No. Um, sorry, go over them all again. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say say the whole thing again because sometimes, like when we explain the words, I think sometimes we sort of it's it's con- contraproductive sometimes because you forget what what I'm asking or I forget it myself as I'm reading it as well. So bad jokes. Researchers measured how repeating a joke affected how funny participants found the joke and how funny they thought others would find the joke. And the joke in question, by the way, was a mediocre, easily understood joke. Now, people with more exposure to the joke, number one, liked the joke more and predicted others would like the joke more. Number two, liked the joke more and predicted, predicted others would like the joke less. Number three, liked the joke less and predicted others would like the joke more. And number four, like the joke less and predicted others would like the joke less. So it's like almost like two questions in one, isn't it? Mm. I thought the question was funnier the first time you said it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, let me see. Okay. Oh, this is, this is so difficult. Yes. So you hear the joke and you think, mm, that's a good joke. I'm going to tell it later. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the joke again. Yes. And you either think, oh, that really is a funny joke. I'm definitely <laughs> going to tell someone. They're going to love it. Or right. you think, actually, I don't like that joke so yeah, much. The, uh, the more I hear probably it, other the, people won't. Yeah. So but is it the case of the more I hear it, oh, the, the better the joke gets? Or is it more like, oh, the more I hear it, the, the more I, I'm getting bored of this joke because I've heard it so many times. So, <laughs> Well, that's the logic for me. Yeah, I've heard it. But it's, it's like also, watch, it's like watching a murder. Go on. I just wanted to say that there might be a trick in this. By the way, I haven't seen the answer yet. There might be a trick in this because it was a mediocre, easily understood joke. But so what if what if they didn't like it first time? You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. But would you like it more the second time? I mean, there is the the you know the second time you hear it, you might have thought more about it. But like you said, it's easy to understand. So there is no extra level or extra dimension that you're going to notice the second time mm, yeah. and i can't understand how you would like it more yeah. but think other people would like it less or you would like <laughs> it 
Oh, I could see how you would like it less because you already know it. Yeah. But <laughs> but how would that make you think others would like it more? <laughs> okay. I think the most logical thing is that you would like it less and you think that others would like it less. But this yeah. is the irrational game. <laughs> and what I'm sensing is that the answers are surprising because psychology is a mess yeah. and uh, people are a mess. <laughs> not not rational. So I, I, my original, my, I'm thinking four, but I'm thinking now that four is too easy. Mm. So I'm going to say that I like it less, yeah. <laughs> but I think others will like it more. Maybe because I think, oh yeah. Um, well, I've heard it, so I know the answer. But it is a good joke. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? It just, I think just you don't thinking even... it's a good joke is does that liking it, finding it funny? I love, I love your thought process, but I don't think you believe this yourself. You just want to win this game. <laughs> I, well, it's, this is why I'm explaining that I think yeah. it's four. Yeah. Four is logical, but I think yeah. I'm playing the game and I think the game yeah. is playing us. Mm-hmm. So no. I'm going to put zero yep. money. Yep. But I'm going to say number three. Number three. Uh, li- people like the joke less and predicted others would like it more, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we have given enough time to everyone else to write down their answer. And well... Um, this time one of you is right. Well, basically, <laughs> this, not you, Rob. I'm sorry. Because uh, you should have gone. You should have gone with your original idea. Oh, it was four. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, the game wasn't playing us this time. You know. No, it was. The, it was the most logical. Okay, fine. Yeah, it is playing so, us. I think it, it puts you. It, it, you know, it puts you in a frame of mind of how to play the game, and then it just draws yeah. an easy one. Exactly, it's it's very very tricky. It is playing us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the takeaway is: experience does not always make us wiser or better at making good recommendations to others. This is because. Am I reading the? Yes, I am. <laughs> I thought I was reading something else. This is because of the egocentric bias, your egocentric bias. When young kids close their eyes. They think that if they can't see the world around them, other people cannot see them either, which is not true. This is the egocentric bias, and we never lose it completely. For example, we tend to use how we feel about an experience in the moment, for example, a joke, a piece of art, or a painful situation, as a good predictor of how others, including complete newbies will feel about the experience Mm. I can totally relate to that have you ever been in a situation where you you have a film that you love or at least you loved like 10 years ago when you watched it and then you have a friend come around and say hey let's watch this movie it's really good and you really build it up to them you really tell them how great this movie is how much they're going to love it you sit there with them you watch it with them and you think Maybe this movie is not that good. Or, never do that. Yeah, never uh, do that. Never build anything up. <laughs> I t- Shaun of the Dead was, if you know that film, Shaun of the Dead. I do. And I, do, I watched yeah. it, I think it came out 2005, 2006, something like that. 
And then a few years ago, I, I had a friend around and said, oh, let's watch this DVD I've got, Shaun of the Dead. It's, it's yeah. such a classic, classic. Yeah. And then I was watching it and thinking, this is quite slow and not, not that funny. Oh my God, Rob. <laughs> I'm with your friend this time. <laughs> I love this film. I think it's brilliant. It's about zombies and I love zombies in any shape or form. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. But yeah, I, you're see, right. I, I don't, I'm not a zombie movie guy, but I, I like yeah. that movie. But then, you know, it's the same if you go yeah. back and watch, uh, sitcoms or cartoons you used to like when you were, I don't know, mm. a kid or like teenager. I think, oh, let's try that again. And you think, <laughs> why did I like this? It's rubbish. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go. So another one. This one is called Test. So, oh, by the way, I should say that Irena has scored a point because she oh, answered. Well done, Irena. Did I get this right? Let me check. Yeah, yeah. She she's got one point. So Irena is in the lead currently because she's the first one to to have a correct answer because it's proving to be quite difficult this game. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Stuff because all these answers are kind of similar and anyway, let's do this one. It's called Disgusted Voters. Thousands of participants took a survey measuring how easily they become disgusted by different experiences. For example, by contamination or bodily fluids. So bodily fluids like urine or what else? Uh, saliva, right? Blood. Blood, yeah. So they also provided general demographic information about themselves and their political preferences. How do you think political preferences and disgust sensitivity were related? Yeah. Okay. So um, number one, easily disgusted people were, <laughs> were more likely to be liberal. Number two, Easily disgusted people were more likely to be conservative. Number three, uh, easily disgusted people were more likely to be independent. And number four, there was no association between disgust and political preferences. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. So maybe, uh, instead of you repeating, maybe I'll go through each one and yeah. give my logic and then they'll, they'll hear the, the, the answers sure. again. So one, uh, people who are more easily disgusted were more likely to be liberal. Mm -hmm. So, um, I can't see a link there. People who are easily disgusted tend to be conservative. Mm -hmm. I, there's the first thing that, occurred to me was they don't like things that are different conservative right. people you know they don't like people of other classes they don't like people of other uh, races they don't like immigration that sort of thing i'm mm -hmm. absolutely generalizing about conservative yeah. mindsets but absolutely. extreme conservatives at least so but then disgusted by specifically about bodily fluids right <laughs> uh, Okay, so that that's a small little link in my head. Uh, number three, people who are easily disgusted tended to be to vote for independent parties. Mm -hmm. And four, 
there, there is was no, no association. Okay, yeah. I'm going with number four. You, I don't think there's that, a link between. No, By the way, I, I think, it's not just about bodily fluids. It's just um, different disgusting experiences, like experiences um, where you. I, I don't know if they showed them photos or how they did that, but I can imagine that might have been like that. Oh, okay. And so the bodily fluids thing was. It's one just example one example. Of, okay. Yeah, and then there's like contamination, and then there's in on the card there's there's a picture of um, an insect vomiting. So maybe insects like. You know, could be one of these. Okay. Hmm. I think I think it would be too um, too black and white for there to be a link. Mm-hmm. You know, between political leaning and right this sort of thing. Okay. Well, shall I let the cat out of the bag then? Do it. Let's find out. <laughs> okay. Well, again, you should have gone with your. Original answer, Rob, because it it made a lot of sense. Easily oh. disgusted people were more likely to be conservative, apparently. Oh, oh, that was right. That 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 was just like a small. I thought, no, that can't be right. That's too much of a, of a yeah. bizarre link. Okay, but maybe maybe my reasoning is not the reasoning they give. Mm-hmm. But it it makes sense because um, I think I think lib- well. Without going into politics too much, it's like you are more op- open-minded, right? If you are, if you are liberal and conservative, is kind of opposite of that, right? Yeah. So when you see a maggot on your, <laughs> which I, maybe we should explain what a maggot is. Um, yeah. Before a fly or another type of insect becomes that insect, they're eggs, and then they turn into maggots, or another word is larvae. Mm-hmm. And they're like little worms um, with small legs sometimes. And if you see one, they're, yeah. they're quite disgusting. So maybe a liberal person will think, oh, look, <laughs> it's, it's going to become a beautiful butterfly. Let's put it on this leaf and let it uh, live. Or a, and a conservative person will go, a maggot yeah. on my sandwich, kill it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny, but if, if, if there was if if they did research, I mean, yeah, well, it seems like, um, like I said, I think that's too black and white. Um, yeah. To, oh, how how easily disgusted are you by this? <laughs> oh, very okay. You're conservative. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I'm sure it can't be like that. Your no, answer kind of made more sense, but we have to go by what's on the what's in the card. So, yeah. Wait, did I read the takeaway or not? Not yet. Oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, did I? I wasn't I sure if that was the takeaway or just the answer. No, I didn't read it yet. So, the more politically conservative we are, the more likely we are to be disgusted from an evolutionary perspective disgust can be thought of as a preemptive psychological immune system that protected us from germs and diseases and it also made us more apprehensive of people who are different from us in today's world disgust remains as a vestige of the past yet it can be in, sorry yet it can influence how accepting we are of different beliefs and backgrounds. Once we better understand the sources of our disgust, we might be able to better 
mitigate some of its less desirable effects. Yeah, that was that was my logic, but it was mm -hmm. just like fleeting in a second. If I thought about it more, maybe I would. It's like the spiders, isn't it? We're all afraid of yeah. spiders because uh, I, not historically isn't really the right word. Mm -hmm. um, Prehistorically, I suppose maybe there were spiders living in the caves that we lived in that could kill us. But now most spiders, if you're living you know, not not in Australia or in Asia or somewhere like that. Most spiders are no harm whatsoever, but we're still scared of them. Yeah, that's right. It's like kind of kind of in our DNA, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I could see how that would link to political leaning. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is funny, kind of, like, because we we are sort of also linking it with nowadays politics, and it's just like we we all have certain associations with certain parties, whether you are pro-liberal or anti-liberal, it doesn't matter, but we've, we've got some sort of um, um, political affiliation, let's say, right? Most of us do anyway. And it's just interesting, right? It's just interesting, this. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Okay. Next, this one is about classes. So it's about classes. So small classes, it's called. Researchers found, by the way, before I read this one, I should say that um, Helen got this answer correct. So she's got one point. So, so okay. far, Helen and, and uh, Irena are tied. Okay, they well then. They each have one point. Okay, so this one is called, um, where was it? Sorry, I lost it. Did I lose it? Yeah, small classes. Researchers found that smaller class size, uh, sorry, that smaller class sizes lead to better results in schools across Tennessee. But another researcher claimed that a small class size policy should not be implemented because such a policy change, such a policy change may end up harming children's learning. So it's, it's about how big the class is, right? If whether like you have, like a lot of students in the class or just a few. Okay. So why might this be? Why might this be? Why might it uh, end up harming children's learning, right? Some children learn best in larger classes, number one. Number two, more and less qualified teachers would need to be recruited. What? More and less qualified Yeah, teachers. more teachers and... It's, it's, and th those teachers oh. will be less qualified because yeah. you can't, yeah. you know, you, all the good teachers yeah. are gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's confusing because more or less qualified. It sounds like which one is it more or less? Yeah, less qualified teachers means teachers who don't who don't have. Who, yeah, who and also schools are having to budget for more teachers, so they've got to yeah. pay less. So they're probably taking people at the start of their career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so once again, so number one, some children learn best in larger classes, number one. Number two, more and less qualified teachers would need to be recruited because there would be more classrooms. Number three, correlation does not equal causation. Oh, my goodness. Correlation does not equal causation. I think that just means there's no, there's no link. There's no link, yeah. The improved outcomes might not be due to small 
class size. So this means there is no link, number three. Yeah. Also means there's no link. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so number well, four. Wait, hang on. Am I wrong about... Oh, sorry, that was number three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was number three. They just, they just repeated the same idea. Okay. Because, because, frankly, I had to think about it for a second. Correlation does not equal causation. What? <laughs> you know, it's like academic English here. Um, yeah, it means, it means there's no link, right? Uh, number four, such a large scale change might involve all kinds of unintended consequences. Such a large-scale change might involve all kinds of unintended consequences. It means it could lead to a lot of different things that were not, but that we, they were not ready for, or that yeah, we, they, yeah, something like so that. So they 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 shake up, they make smaller classes, yeah. But maybe I don't know what else that could lead to. Uh, you're you're in a you're in a not so nice classroom. Mm. The room's different, or something unrelated to the size. Yeah. But related to the change. Yeah. Okay. That's a tough one. <laughs> so this is not across the board. This is just one example of a study they did in Tennessee where smaller yeah. class sizes That's did right. not lead to better results, educational results. Huh. Okay. Um, Wait, it was, the, this is interesting because the first sentence is researchers found that smaller size, uh, smaller, smaller, sorry, smaller class sizes lead to better results in schools across Tennessee. But another researcher claimed that a small class size policy should not be implemented because such a policy change may end up harming children's learning. So it's like, oh, it's, it's it, yeah, contradictory to the, it's a contradictory. the research. Exactly. Yeah. So basically we are looking at the, 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 the second point is the one we are looking at. But another researcher claimed, and why did he claim this basically? Why? Mm. Right. All right. So um, some learn better in larger classes. Maybe that's true, but, you know, if some learn better in larger classes, then others learn better in smaller classes. So mm. uh, that should balance out, I think. Um, I like this more less qualified teachers, although it's a confusing <laughs> sentence. Um, it's similar to, uh, in, um, what's the place called? Uh, oh, it escapes me. What? what uh, it's a um... town in, okay. Anyway, in this city, okay. which I can't remember right now, they, um, tried to reduce air pollution by saying you can only drive your car on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday if the last digits are this and you can only drive your car Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if you're the last number or something is this, you know? Right. So they, you could only drive your car on a certain day. If your registration, your license yep. plate yep. had a certain number. And if not, yep. you had to get a lift with a friend or you had to take the train. But I what see. happened was instead people bought two cars with <laughs> different plates, but because they're buying another car, they're buying a cheaper car, which yeah. was an older car, which was really bad for the environment. <laughs> so it completely yeah. backfired on yeah. the, um, I remember the what town that that happened in soon. Mm -hmm. uh, Bogota, Colombia. That's where it was. Bogota, oh, Colombia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like that, you know, you, you need more teachers 
yep. but you've got less budget and there are less good qualified teachers around. Mm-hmm. So I like that logic. I'm going to go with that number two. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And you are right. Well wow, done. Finally. <laughs> and so is Helen, by the way. So, okay. Um, so mm-hmm. Helen's on so two. Helen, Helen has got two points. Irena and Rob, one point so far. Um, no, wait a minute. I think Helen changed her answer. No, <laughs> I, I'm confused. Maybe it's from the previous one. I don't think. She, I think Helen actually said number four for this one. So I think I think you are the only one who answered correctly, Rob. Yeah, the last. I'm looking at the yeah. chat. The last. The last yeah. message in the chat is Helen saying four. Yeah, I got confused because I, I saw I saw number two first, but that no. So yeah, okay, that's that's cool because that means. We can do one final question, the decisive question, and um, hopefully that will help us determine the winner. And if not, then we can do another one after that. But anyway, just going back to this one. Uh, so more and less qualified teachers would need to be recruited because there would be more classrooms. This small-scale experiment showed a correlation between small class size and academic performance. Even if the effect were true and casual, the question of implementing this policy is open for debate because as class size decreases, many more teachers would have to be hired and it is unclear whether there would be enough good teachers. If there was indeed a shortage of teachers, some subpar candidate would have to be hired. Subpar Ooh. means like um, not so good, not less good, right? Yeah, and I was going to say that we should explain subpar, but you didn't because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a fantastic teacher. Well, I, to be honest, I've looked at the word and I was like, what is that? But subpar, well, below par. I know I know the expression below par, which is... From golf, right? Yes, exactly. It comes from golf, yeah. And this effect would uh, could eclipse the benefits of small classes. Another good verb it's a metaphor uh rob to eclipse so this mm. effect could eclipse the benefit of so what what does what does it mean here rob well uh an eclipse in the traditional sense is when the wait let me get this right uh it's when the earth is between the sun uh, wait <laughs> so no, the moon like the moon is between the sun and the earth mm-hmm. so the moon blocks the light of the sun right so the moon becomes the more important thing. It, it eclipses the earth. Yeah. And then it's like, so when, uh, when something you, eclipses something else, it just becomes more important yeah. and dominating. Right, right, right. Actually, it's like overshadows it basically. Yeah. yeah. Literally mm-hmm. also overshadowing. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the moon overshadows <laughs> the earth. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that, that was question number five. And we've got three people at one point. That's Rob, Helen and Irena. So we need to do. One more, at least one more, and hopefully this will give us the winner. Yeah. Okay, I'm standing and if, by. And if and if not, what we can do is we just we can just call it a draw. You know, whoever. It's we don't need to have one winner after this one. Okay. All right, let's go. So, I'm gonna give you a choice, Rob. Yeah. I, I will read out the three names of the cards for you, and you Ooh, tell okay. me which one which one you would like to do. So, one of them is called testing beliefs. Another one is called Lonely Abyss um, and Cooperating with Strangers. 
Okay, I'm going to go with cooperating with strangers because I think that's a, a positive thing. People should talk to mm-hmm. people more. All right. Okay, let's do it. So, cooperating with strangers. Two players can cooperate with each other or not. If both players cooperate, both receive a moderate payoff, say $10. If one cooperates but the other does not, which is called defecting, the cooperator receives nothing and the defector receives a larger payment, say $15. If both choose to defect, both receive a substantially smaller payoff, say $5. What did researchers learn about cooperation? So do we, do we understand the, the situation? Do I need to, I'm, you see, th- that's the thing about reading things out loud because you're focusing on pronouncing it well <laughs> and you forget what, what it is about yourself. That's, that's, yeah. that's I guess why I'm not playing. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it. Um, but we can summarize if you want. Yep. Would you like to summarize okay, it or do you, um, do you want me to, to help? Uh, so you, let's put it another way around. Imagine you're the, you're the, you're in the experiment and you either work together with someone and you get say $10 each mm-hmm. or you do the work alone and you, no, maybe you should, maybe you should read it again. Because I'm going to confuse it. Yeah, I think. yeah, okay. No, no worries. So two players can co- can cooperate with each other or not. If both players cooperate, both receive a moderate payoff, say ten dollars. So it's moderate. It's like they they get um um like not not a big amount, not a yeah. small amount. Yeah, it's like average. Okay, but both receive the same thing. If one cooperates but the other does not, which is called defecting. The cooperator receives nothing, but the defector receives a larger payment, say $15. So it's like the, the defector betrays the, the, the cooperator pretty much, right? If both choose to defect, so that they sort of betray each other, both receive a substantially smaller payoff, say $5. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So what did researchers learn about cooperation? So number one. Our instinct is to cooperate, so players will always cooperate. Number two, our instinct is not to trust strangers, so players will never cooperate. Number three, when people play the game multiple times, they start by cooperating, but over time they defect more and more. And number four, when people play the game multiple times, they cooperate by establishing a reputation over multiple trials. <laughs> I'm not sure what that last one means. That means that they um, read them before again. They establish. Uh, they establish uh, basically a reputation. So they cooperate by establishing a reputation over multiple trials. So does it mean that? Does it mean that they sort of start trusting each other by seeing that the cooperation has worked or something like that? Could it be that? I suppose so. Or or they either always uh, defect or always cooperate. Right. That will be their reputation. So it could either be either way. A, uh, they will have a reputation for a traitor, right? So they, you know this person always betrays you. So. Yeah. 
or mm. or not, right? Okay. Um, always cooperate. No, if that was the case, I think the world would be a happier place. <laughs> Never cooperate. Possible, but I'd like to think that that's not the case.、Mm-hmm. I think it's number three. I think people start by cooperating, and then after a while, maybe they've had a few people defect on them, and they think, you know what, screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be selfish for a change, <laughs> or they, or just just to,、um, you know, do something a bit more interesting. You know, you have to remember that these are these are tests and trials, and and people are in there, and they're they're just bored after a while, and they、yeah. sometimes I think people just <laughs> do things to to to, you know, <laughs> just the dark, interesting. The dark, the dark side awakes in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. So、That's、I'm going to say three, I but、see. I think、oh, now I'm thinking maybe it's four. No, I'm going to say three. Is that? Is that, fun, is that? Yeah, three, 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 three. Final answer is three. Okay. Well, you should have said four. Ah. <laughs> again, again. It's well,、good. I had no one to、yeah. cooperate with. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So、um, when people play the game multiple times, they cooperate by establishing a reputation of multiple trials. Playing the prisoner's dilemma, sorry, playing the prisoner, <clears throat> playing the prisoner's dilemma game multiple times provides more realistic results than a single play, because in life we most often interact with the same people over and over. The results from a study show that when playing against strangers, there's no chance to establish a relationship. So both players revert to the strategy of defecting instead of cooperating. To revert、oh. means to to they, that's what they do in the end, right?、Um, okay, so number number two is is true. If they if they're strangers, they're more likely to not cooperate.、Mm-hmm. Oh, that's However,、sad. yeah. However, survival, survival of the fittest, though, isn't it? Yeah. However, interacting with the same person repeatedly encourages the two players to establish a relationship and create a reputation, which helps them increase goodwill and mutual cooperation. Goodwill—it's like, um, Um, It just being、trust? nice, basically, isn't it? Yeah, like trust, right, or something. Goodwill, something like that. What What does、uh-huh. goodwill mean, Rob?、Um, goodwill. If you throw your old clothes in the bin, that's fine. If you give them to charity, that's that's goodwill. Just being going out, doing something nice, which maybe you know takes something out of your day or your time or your money.、Yeah. Giving money to charity is 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 goodwill.、Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do、you know, I didn't hear the last ten seconds because I accidentally closed the tab of this、oh. podcast. But it doesn't matter because you explained it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just heard the final words. I was like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen now?" Oh, did you think the whole podcast was was, was closed?、Um, not necessarily, but I thought that you know what I thought. I thought that、um, I was I was trying to tell you, and I thought you could hear me. So I don't think you could because you kept talking. So I don't. Yeah. Oh, but it's fine. It's fine. You explained it. Okay, so that's it, Rob. 
So I think I think you you've got one point, right? Oh, did anybody else get the that last one right? Um and unfortunately I can't see all the message history got deleted for me now because I had to come back. Oh. However, I remember I remember that Helen, both Helen and Irena went for number 4 unless I'm mistaken. Please remind me. Yeah, I'm looking at that. I'm looking right now. Uh Helena and Irina yeah. went for 4, yes. Yeah. And Irina just came on to tell us that. Yeah. And four was, which one was the correct uh, answer? The correct answer was number four, yeah. It was four. Oh, okay. Well done. So, so, well done, ladies. So ladies won, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a tough game, isn't it? Especially if you, it's like, but it's easier when you probably see it, you know. It's tougher when you have to listen to it, listen to the. Yeah. I, yeah. I suppose it would be easier if you, if you've studied psychology to some extent and you you have some idea about um things human behavior which might be surprising to other people yeah. mm-hmm. but i think you did a fantastic job especially i especially liked all your justifications rob and all the jokes thrown in and you know uh, all is all is well that ends well like um you won't you won't be uh, feeling bad about this defeat will you rob <laughs> no, I won't be feeling bad. Um, I'm certainly not uh, disgusted <laughs> by it. Also, you got beaten by by uh, by Irena and Helen. Who, honestly, they know they know their onions. They are very active members of the Discord group, uh, moderators as well. So you know, they know their I don't, what's they know their stuff. Yeah. No, I like know their onions. It's a nice idiom. They know their onions. Yeah, I also, I also want, could use they know their shit, but I, I decided not to go for it. <laughs> I also didn't want to be the first one to swear on the podcast yeah. today, so I held back on that. I did too. say it in the end, though. <laughs> and I held, I held back on some of the bodily fluid things too. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, uh, yeah, it was um, thought. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure, yeah, Denik. It was lovely to have you on the podcast, and it was it was thought some thought provoking stuff. Hopefully, some food for thought. Yeah, definitely a good game. I am going to get that. And yeah, play it's, 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 in uh, my lessons, definitely with some higher level mm-hmm. students. There are one hundred and thirty questions there, and check check out the website. Well, I was thinking, like, will it be a problem if I actually read out these questions on the podcast? What if Daniel? What if what's his name? Dan. Oh, for yeah, copyright. But then I was like, no, no I'm I actually think, helping uh, this guy because it's an advert. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And to be honest, I, I only read out six questions here and there are 124 more. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy's definitely made one more sale because I'm going to get it. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Rob, for being on the podcast again. And take care and Anytime. good luck with uh, podcasting. Cheers. Okay, thanks everyone. Thanks, bye-bye. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenex English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenexenglishpodcast.podbean.com Thank you for listening to this episode of Zdenex English Podcast. If you are Zdenex English Podcast patron, I've got some good news for you. A mini-lesson review that focuses on the target language from this episode is arriving right after this. To become Zdenex English Podcast patron, 
go to teachersdenic.com ZEP section and click become patron.